1: We're going to try to get a hold of the man, the myth, the legend, the biggest star in the business. Forget about what you've heard, John O'Connor. And uh, we chatted with him 21 days ago, so we'll try this again here. Who tried to call me? Who tried to call me there? I don't know. I think I've got John. John, how are you, sir?
0: Well, I hope you get me here. Let me see if I can get my video going. Okay,
1: here I am. Look at that. Yes. From, the, from, from, the, from the John O'Connor compound there. Uh, <laughs> we are back live here on our big program, and we have our good friend John O'Connor with us. Uh, last week, I was uh, off due to uh, uh, trying to help someone do manual labor. And uh, she did so much manual labor that she was completely worthless for the, for the next four days of gardening. But uh, I want to garden. Yes, yeah, she wants to garden, but she doesn't want to do any of the work. Um, so <laughs> I am back today with John O'Connor, uh, my good, close, personal, longtime friend, and uh, he is with us today to... Oh boy, it's just craziness all the time. <laughs> it It just it started on election night and it hasn't let up since sir
0: (laughs) you can't make it up you cannot make it up
1: so the thing that i we're gonna we're gonna talk about several things here with uh with 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 mr joe biden but now they're talking about restarting to build the wall (laughs) is that what i'm hearing (laughs) Yeah, I love it.
0: I love it. Look, here's the deal. Hey. I, had, I had actually done a, a little podcast myself about yes. how, why would you stop the wall when it would help you uh, uh, restrict the flow of immigrants so you could, to, could administer it more efficiently. Even if you're going to let yeah. everybody in South America and Central America in, at least you should build the wall so you can manage that more efficiently. Yes, yes. Well, you know what gets me? Uh, Jiggy, it's a lot like the National Guard. Trump wants to bring the National Guard to the border. Oh, that's terrible. It's unconstitutional. Then when Joe Biden has too many people coming through, it's okay to have the National Guard there <laughs> to take care of people. That's okay. But if they're actually doing their job and preventing foreign invasion, that's wrong. Now let's go to the uh, Washington, D.C., Trump is shredding the Constitution if he tries to protect churches from being burnt to the ground and public buildings. Yeah. That's terrible. He's calling out the National Guard. But if we have to protect the hair on Joe Biden's head and Nancy Pelosi's sweaters, we can bring out 26,000 National Guard <laughs> when there is when there is no danger and then put barbed wire around. Yes. So it all depends on whose ox is being gored here. That's
1: all. You know? <laughs> I'm just amazed by all this, you know. the the thing that the thing that I'm trying to figure out, and I guess you know, we don't have to worry about it now because they're going to re- restart this wall thing. But uh, what I was trying to figure out is that the big National Defense Authorization Act that uh, that that Trump was like, nope, not going to sign, not going to sign, not going to sign. And the New World Order and everybody was just, oh my God, he's got to sign it because if he doesn't sign it, we can't do any more spying, which is. BS because they're gonna spy anyway. Uh <laughs> part right. of that part of that NDA was wall funding. And when he signed it and then they said no more wall, I'm like So who gets that money? <laughs> whose pocket is that going into? Well apparently whose ever pocket it went into, they gotta take it out of that pocket because they gotta restart this wall.
0: <laughs> well, this gets us back to Richard Dixon. Uh, basically, Nixon tried to sequester what he thought were unwisely spent funds, and so he would sequester to and not give it to throw down the drain. Yeah, And people, of course, shredded him for that. That was one of the things they wanted to get him on an impeachment. I don't think they ever got around to that. But that supposes, oh, it's unconstitutional. The legislature uh, apportions these funds, uh, allocates them. You can't do that. Now, of course, Biden can do it to Trump. So, yeah. once again... It's completely inconsistent. Just depends on you know what your affiliation is.
1: John, do you you think we're ever going to come to a? Because obviously that we're we're we don't have it with Biden, and I I I guess whoever the 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 next president's going to be after Biden, I guess maybe we'll have a shot at this. But you know when obama was in there trump got in there immediately and undid a whole bunch of his stuff and then biden got in there and undid a bunch of trump stuff (laughs) when are we going to go back to the the new president just as the new president instead of i didn't like that guy who was here before me (laughs) kind of thing well
0: well, to Trump's uh, credit, the stuff he undid of of Obama's was generally executive orders. Because yeah. once again, Obama went outside the legislature said, I got a pen, I got a phone, I'm going to do all this stuff. And he did it. And then Trump even had trouble undoing executive orders by executive order. And a court came in and said, well, DACA is so firmly established and all these nice people are relying on it. You can't just change it. Even though Obama changed it with an executive order, you can't unchange it with an executive order. So we have what bothers me is there's such a complete lack of consistency and standards that we rely on our media to not enforce, but to tell the public what's happening, because it is there's a natural revulsion of this kind of stuff once you lay it out for people. Yeah. But um, and 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 so I think that needs to be done. And I think what our country really needs to hopefully it's getting so bad now, there will be a backlash where people will speak out more clearly and be forced to speak out and maybe we can come to some place where it's just the facts ma'am you know <laughs> uh,
1: john o'connor with us today he of course is a, a great author uh postgate how the washington post betrayed deep throat and covered up watergate and began today's partisan advocacy journalism uh speaking of, of watergate and uh nixon and all these things uh what 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 did you uh, think of when g gordon liddy passed away a couple weeks ago
0: well i am a great fan and um amused uh backer of gordon liddy i say amused yes. i just did uh, jiggy i just did a podcast a series of podcasts called the mysteries of watergate and i talk a lot about liddy He's a very sincere guy, an unguided missile, a lot of fun, (laughs) uh, you know, and had Liddy, the interesting thing, had Liddy spoken up early on, we would have learned a lot more. He thought he was being a good guy. He has this uh, sense of righteousness and you got to admire him for it. But boy, if he would have told us what he told us later in his book, Watergate would have been different. And I go through that on, on my podcast and in my book. Uh, he's he's a fun guy, and you gotta like him. He's a likable guy. Like Howard Hunt said, he's a great candidate for decaffeinated coffee.
1: Uh, he, uh, <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I
1: like- I discovered an old uh, on just Googling on the internet uh, essentially. I discovered an old radio show that he did that was covered by C-SPAN. <laughs> and i've been and i've been listening to old g gordon liddy stuff (laughs) oh he's a
0: trip let me tell you one story about g gordon (laughs) liddy okay go ahead tell you what kind of guy he is um he uh, he was recruiting a woman to try to get information from democrats in miami that was the scheme when the convention came they're gonna have pretty women go out with men and and see if they could (laughs) entice him to give information as if these delegates would know bupkis. But anyway, (laughs) he took the woman out to dinner, very nice-looking woman, very uh, put-together, well-groomed, and he wanted to show her how intense he was and how committed he was. So there was a candle on the table, and he put his hand out on the candle until his flesh started burning and smoking.
1: And Jesus I mean, Christ! on a crazy man. He Go ahead. That was a
0: great watch. He thought he was really impressing her. Needless to say, he didn't make the sale. She thought maybe she shouldn't deal with this guy. And her, she left. But that's the kind of guy he is. And he's a lot of fun, though. He was a lot of fun. Some of the stories are are pretty much fun. And uh, you know. Uh, He's a kick.
1: Well, uh, something else that uh, talking about Liddy and Watergate and everything. If you have not gotten a chance to see this, and I don't think a lot of people have seen this because it's obviously it's Alex Jones. But um, Alex Jones did a video recently with Roger Stone where they are in his home, and they do this interview where, you know, Stone is just being Stone. But the last half of this interview, they go around his house, and it's like a Nixon museum. And he's got all sorts of Watergate stuff. He's got, like, a Nixon bong. He's got all sorts of weird crap. (laughs) Uh, Why is it that people were so fascinated with Richard Nixon?
0: Well, I'll tell you. First of all, he spans a lot of our lives. He, was, he did Alger Hiss. He was the big anti-communist. Then he becomes vice yes. president. Gets in these dust-ups with Khrushchev, and he's a tough guy. Then he barely loses to Kennedy if he lost at all. He, he may have won that election. Yeah. But the press was drawn to him like Trump. And if you recall, he lost the gubernatorial race to Pat Brown out here. And then he said, you don't have Nixon to kick around anymore. He's very yeah. churlish. Then he gets elected and becomes one of the most popular presidents in history, over reelected by an overwhelming majority, 49 states. Only D.C. and Massachusetts didn't go with him, which means nothing. Uh, that's like Russia not going with you. <laughs> and, um, and, and yet then, very shortly after that, He falls tragically and everybody jumps on his grave, even though they all elected him just a couple months before. And so he's a fascinating guy because he's such a complex character. And also, I think people understood he was extremely shrewd. I had the same mixed feelings. I was a prosecutor when this evidence came out. Yeah, Um, I originally didn't vote for Nixon against Humphrey. Then I voted for him. And then when the Watergate stuff came out, I thought he should leave. And now I hear I am writing a book saying, well, you know, maybe he had something there. Maybe the <laughs> press really did lie about him. And, he, and you know, uh, all paranoid people actually have met enemies sometimes. And he's one of them. He actually had some enemies, and the and the press actually did treat him unfairly.
1: You know, a couple years ago, I discovered... Uh, on on YouTube, um, Opie and Anthony had these had these series of clips where they played some of the old Nixon tapes, and wow was he paranoid! <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy smokes! Some of the things he thought was going on, <laughs> oh, but at the oh, same yeah. time, some of the stuff that he thought was going on was really going on. <laughs> That's right.
0: He's very resentful. He's resentful. He's paranoid. He thinks the worst of people. And he's a very smart guy that could have gone to Harvard, but he had to stay with his family's uh, uh, little uh, grocery store and go buy produce at 4 in the morning. And he resented the East Coast uh, elites. And actually, as it turns out, they resented him. They never really warmed up to him. They sort of treated him with the back of their hand. So... It's kind of like there is a certain Trumpian thing about it in which, (laughs) uh, although he's much more complicated than Trump, where he would suspect other people were wrongly treating him and other people would, as a result, wrongly treat him. And then he would, his suspicions would be true and you go back and forth. And it's a never ending cycle here. Uh, But he's a fascinating guy. That's why there's been so many books written about him.
1: Yep. But I
0: am stunned. That no one really, uh, uh, with very, very few exceptions, has really understood what Watergate is about. I'm in contact with a couple other authors. Uh, Actually, there may be three or four good ones uh, who really understand what happened in Watergate. But, uh, you know, that itself is a menagerie. And, of course, he and Henry Kissinger were brilliant foreign policy people. But they both liked each other all the time you know the duels between those two are legendary and yet they both came out with all their shrewdness and manipulative and dark uh, thoughts they ended up crafting some brilliant foreign policy i'll tell you that and as dysfunctional as that white house was <laughs> there was a lot of good they did you know yes. they're weird guys yes His deep throat said <laughs> he said deep throat said they're unknowable <laughs> and that's what they were. They were all, uh, you know, none of them were buddies. None yeah. of them were
1: buddies. Well, uh, we have got John O'Connor with us today. And uh, it is it is, it is always interesting when we chat with John. And uh, uh, one topic I want to get to before we leave is this. Uh, nine of Biden's first 11 judicial nominees are women of diverse backgrounds. Is he basically just doing diversity for diversity's sake? <laughs> Or is he actually going out and finding people that have diverse backgrounds and going, you know, you've got a real good background, we need to push you. Instead, is it pretty much, well, she's black, put her on there. Well, she's Chinese, put her on there. <laughs> is that, what's, is that well, what's going on? Well, I, I think you had it the first time.
0: I mean, I think the dominant theme is diversity for the sake of
1: of diversity that's right it
0: doesn't mean that doesn't mean that no one is qualified here but uh it it gives you pause and the whole idea of the whole idea of affirmative action is you're supposed to expand your labor pool you're supposed to say let's interview women let's interview minorities and so forth yes now we have reverse discrimination where uh, you know, there are certain people that will not be interviewed, will not be considered, and they're called white males. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yes. and they're not going to get interviewed. So what kind of a of a country do we have? I might note here that I'm in Marin County, California, north of San Francisco, my home, and Marin County has just decided that they will give $1,000 a month, along with a foundation, to mother's uh, less earning, lower earning, uh, low income mothers that are single mothers, except they only give them that money to black people or other minorities, but not to white people. Now, I don't know about that. That sounds like it's discrimination by the government. I just don't know that that's a healthy thing. I'm in favor of these women getting the money. That's fine. It's a fine boost in COVID times. Don't get me wrong, but if you have a black woman next door to a white woman and they both have the exact same situation. The black woman gets money from the government, the white one doesn't. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, I think we have taken... I had a a constitutional law professor that said, you know, you really have to... If you're going to have benign discrimination as opposed to colorblind society, if you have (laughs) benign discrimination, you've really got to be very careful about how you do it because it can go too far and it itself can become invidious discrimination and i think that we've reached that point now now it's one thing to have uh, things that uh, uh, try to bring uh, minorities back from where they were slavery was a terrible curse there are a lot of actions that i think the government can take uh, beyond benign uh colorblind uh, beyond colorblindness but you you know let's uh, how how far do we go on this i don't know but i don't think uh, biden just passed a a funding bill in which minority ranchers and farmers get funding but but the same uh, person that's uh caucasian does not get it and that to me is not good either
1: yeah i <laughs> the thing that i've been trying to figure out and i ask this i asked this to a guy this morning on the show i i've been asking all sorts of people and that and and you bring up an excellent point one of the things I've been trying to figure out is that when we had, when, when COVID 19 first started and there was a worldwide pandemic, the entire world gave their <laughs> gave their citizens money to live on and health care. And the United States went, eh, 600 bucks. And now it seems like they're, after the pandemic is over, <laughs> it's slowly being over, even though Fauci flip flops on. Well, it's almost over. No, 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 it's not going to be over. <laughs> um, now you've got people who are reaching out and going, yes, we need to do this, like you mentioned with the program. We're, we're going to do this. But instead, they're doing it a different way, and they're excluding people. <laughs> and I'm like, well, so are we making up for lost time? <laughs> what are we doing here? Well, I'll tell you what it is. There's such a an
0: effort and a hunger to show how progressive people are. Oh boy, the mean Trump is out of office. But like, you know, in in historical in historical sense, Trump was not a conservative. He did not see. This down. is
1: the thing. Every you you bring up an excellent point, my friend, because I'll tell you, every single week, <laughs> every single week, uh at some point or another, I have lunch with my mother, and she can't. Dan Trump. She can't stand this guy. And the thing that I always tell her is the same thing I always tell everybody else And what you just said there. <laughs> this guy used to be a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. He was he, a Hillary loving Democrat. Yes, and- he's on record saying that he only ran as a Republican because, they, because the Democrats had Hillary.
0: Well, that's right. And he uh, used to love Hillary. Actually, he loved Hillary back in the past. Yes, And and, and he was always uh, a, a moderate Democrat. And, you know, that's what's interesting about it. He uh, he, he doesn't—some uh, he's some of the things he's been pilloried for, like protecting free exercise of religion and free speech, uh, he doesn't—like I say, he doesn't cut the budget. And as a matter of fact, he, he passed some bills that were fairly liberal in terms of outlays of cash. Um, and so— uh, we have this progressive wing of the Democratic Party that's just never satisfied. Like if John F. Kennedy were alive today, he'd be considered so conservative that he'd get deplatformed from all the places. (laughs) The great John F. Kennedy. And I want to know what's changed. Why is that attitude wonderful and idealistic back in the 1960s, and now it's terrible.
1: Now it's terrible. Uh,
0: So I think we have to get our moorings here, and hopefully there's – uh, a a very responsible and prudent and uh, realistic backlash is what I would say. A Backlash sounds like a terrible word, but getting back (laughs) to to regular (laughs) life, Jiggy. Yes, yes.
1: Well, John, before we let you go, how do people get your book, listen to your podcasts, everything?
0: Well, what I would say is the podcast is a lot of fun. It'll get people interested in going to my book. It's called The Mysteries of Watergate. Uh, you can get it on any podcast. You can go to postgatebook.com and just click on the podcast thing, postgatebook.com. And it's fun because it'll in, in, entice people who know little about Watergate into what it's all about. And you go through these things, and I'm fairly accessible about what went on, and it's fun. It is fun, fun, fun. And then the, you, then they can look at my book, Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered of Watergate, Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. And that's a, a deeper book for for nonfiction buffs, and some people really get interested and want to read the book. But but it's just so much fun. The podcast is fun.
1: That's awesome. Well, John, once again, it's an honor and a privilege. I look forward to talking to you next week, and uh, continuing on down the Hallelujah Trail, as my good friend Frank Catola would say. <laughs> I love that.
0: I love, it. I love it Jiggy take care of yourself
1: definitely I will talk to you next okay. week sir
0: okay thank take you care. man
1: there he goes John O'Connor the fabulous John O'Connor if you want to get a hold of him online it's deepthroatbook.com and that wraps it up here for this segment and we are going to try to get a hold of our
0: with Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere